The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everybody, Gabby Reese here. Please join me for my show where we're going to be talking about all things self-care. And I don't mean just eating and exercise. I'm talking stress, marriage, relationships, parenting, business, transitions. How do we figure out a way to be our best selves each and every day? So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, please join me. If you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Hey guys, it's Gabby and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. All right, guys. Happy Friday. We made it. Thank you so much for all your feedback about Wednesday's episode with my mom. It was so much fun having her on here and getting to hear her perspective on food and balance and how she raised my sister and I. I feel like her and my dad need to just come on every once in a while and temperature check everyone to make sure we're all still surviving. I don't know. I just feel like they're very (laughs) level-headed. nice to get their opinions on things. But anyways, thank you for all the feedback. It was very, very nice of you. Okay, let's get right into it. It's Friday. We have lots of questions coming your way. Very important things. Here we go. Hi, Gabby. My name is Summer. I'm from Seattle, originally from SoCal, though. I had a question about a cast iron skillet. I don't own one, but I've been debating buying one. I'm not sure if it's necessary I never think to myself, man, I wish I had a cast iron skillet, but I'm just wondering your thoughts on owning one. Do I need to have one? Is it okay that I don't have one? Anyways, I hope you and Thomas are both doing well and I'm looking forward to your answer. Thank you. Hi, Summer. Okay, so let's get right into the cast iron skillet situation. For those of you who have listened to this podcast religiously, we've talked about how to clean skillets before. I have a video on the What's Gobby Cooking Culinary School page on how to clean and season your cast iron, which is uber important if you have one. But let's talk about the benefit of owning a cast iron pan. Do you need one? Not necessarily. If you want to invest in one, I think it's absolutely worth it. I think it's one of the top five things I use in my kitchen and you can cook so many different things in it. The reason I love cast iron so much is because it gets screaming hot and then it stays super hot. So anything that you need to have like a nice crispy crust on or if you're frying something or making a stir fry, cast iron is amazing. If you need to sear a steak, if you want to do chicken, like a skin on chicken breast or chicken thighs, stir fry, Roasted vegetables are incredible in it. Cornbread, frying chicken. Did I already say that? Bacon, personal pan pizza. Like you get the idea. You can use it for pretty much everything. The things I do not use it for, I never boil water in it. And I don't put really acidic things in it that could like 
eat away at the seasoning that I've been building up for years and years. Like you shouldn't make a shakshuka or something in a cast iron. Use like a regular pan for that. But I do think it's amazing. It makes an incredible steak like for Thomas's birthday every year. Typically, we'll do like a seared steak and I'll like sear it super high heat, both sides in a cast iron skillet, then stick the whole thing in the oven and let it finish cooking. And it feels like we're at a really fancy restaurant having dinner and it's infinitely cheaper. So yeah, I think it's worth investing in if you are planning on, you know, continuing your culinary education. Okay. Hi, Gabby. This is Hannah from Odessa, Texas. And I need some ideas. So I am graduating high school and getting ready to start college in the fall. And I know I'm going to be super busy between class and working. And so I need some go-to recipes that I could prep on the weekends for like breakfasts and lunches. So yeah, any go-to ideas you have would be appreciated. I'll be living at home, so I'll have a full kitchen and all that good stuff. So thanks so much. I love all your content. It brings me so much joy. Love you guys. Thanks. Hi, Hannah. Congratulations. That is so exciting. I wish I loved cooking in college. Like I really just started to get into it. But I think listening to your question, if I were to go back and do college over again, what I would do is pick something every week. Like I would meal prep on weekends. So I would probably make like frittatas or breakfast burritos or breakfast potatoes on a Sunday morning so I could make those stretch for breakfast during the week. And then I don't know about you, but I am okay with leftovers. Like that's, I could eat the same thing over and over and over again for a week and not get bored. So I would go to the What's Gobby Cooking Bowl section of my website and pick a different bowl and literally do it once a week. Like, so for example, there's a Southwestern brown rice bowl on there. Do that on a Sunday and then use it throughout the entire week. The chicken lard bowls from my second cookbook are another one you could prep on a Sunday, make it last for lunches all week long. A burrito bowl, chicken shawarma bowls, shrimp quinoa bowl. Another really great thing to prep ahead are meatballs. But I think... If you do bowls once a week, or maybe if you do two every week, whatever you want, you'll get uber comfortable making all sorts of different cuisines and using different techniques. And then your lunches stay fun and it's kind of a new adventure every week. So that would be my take on it. I also think hit up the rice and pasta section of the website because there are a lot of very quick and easy meals in there. The bacon fried rice, all my like sauteed greens and pot like the pastas on there, the sun-dried tomato one. Those are really great options for when you need something delicious that is pretty healthy in a pinch while you're also studying. So that would be my advice. And I'm very excited for you. Like I feel like you have so much ahead of you in terms of school and cooking. So enjoy. Okay, who is next? Hi, Gabby. My name's Adriana. I'm calling from San Francisco. Thank you so much for bringing so much light to what can be a pretty dark time. Love your blog and your books. I was wondering if you could tell us more about what it's really like to develop so many different recipes and how you come up with ideas. Do you start with just pasta and then go from there? What does it actually mean to recipe test? What does that look like? And how you kind of keep creative when, you know, you've been doing this for so long. Thanks. Oh my gosh, Adriana, that is so interesting. Once upon a time, I wrote a blog post called Everything It Takes to Write a Blog Post. And it was so interesting to look back at it and see 
how much work actually goes into developing a recipe, writing the copy, taking the photos, all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal with developing a recipe. For me, normally it just starts with an idea, something I saw at the farmer's market, got in my CSA, like I saw during one of my travels when we were still allowed to travel. I had at a restaurant, something like that. So I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want to put my spin on that and make it for the What's Gotta Be Cooking audience. So I will come home, do all my research. If there's like a weird ingredient or something in it, something I'm not entirely sure how to cook. I remember vividly when I did the octopus for the second cookbook, I was terrified of it, but I loved eating octopus. So it took me hours of research to figure out how I wanted to cook it. And then you go grocery shopping, you get enough of the ingredients so you can prep it out multiple times and test it different ways. And then you just start testing. Like most recipes on What's Gotta Be Cooking are tested. If it's a really easy recipe, I would say two to four times. If it's more complicated, four to six times, definitely more for the cookbook. I just would never want anyone to invest 10, 15, 20, 40, however many dollars into ingredients and then have it not work. So I think testing is incredibly important. And then I just kind of go for it. And it starts with me scratching ideas down on paper, rough measurements and refining them as I go. I feel very fortunate that I've been doing this now for 10 years. I can look at a recipe or have an idea and know pretty much if it's going to work right away, which is very helpful. I think culinary school gave me a leg up on that because I read so many recipes while I was in culinary and pastry school. And then I also think it's really helpful to look at recipes and be like, yes, this is a really important ingredient, but this isn't really easily accessible for everyone around the country. So like, how do I mimic these flavors without having to call for an ingredient that's like $45 for just one ingredient? So you always have to be kind of adaptable in that sense. And then as you continue to cook the recipe, usually for me, it's over multiple days so I can reset my brain in between tests. As you continue to go, you refine it and refine it. And then usually you have someone else eat it and taste it and see if they love it. And then it gets sent off for, in my case, Matt and Adam shoot all my content. So we test it one last time in the studio before it goes live on the blog or in the cookbook. So I draw inspiration from everywhere. Back when we were allowed to travel, a lot of it came from different countries and people that I meet and people that I talk to, not even like I remember this woman we were on our trip with in Morocco gave me all these great cocktail ideas. She was from America, but just like sitting down and talking to people about what they eat, you know, can be really inspirational and educational in terms of recipe development. So hopefully that answered the question. Check out the everything that goes into writing a blog post in the show notes for this, because that is also very interesting. Hey, Gabby. My name is Susie. I'm from South Florida in West Palm Beach. I'm calling because I think tequila is disgusting. I recently was like slightly turned on to this cucumber margarita um, recipe the other night. And I was so excited about it that I told my mom when she was out today to drop some tequila off by my apartment. But what did she do? She gave me gold tequila. Just Disgusting, am I right? So I have no idea how to make a fun cocktail with it that's not going to make me gag or if there's any type of sauces that I can make with it or dips or marinades that I can make for poultry. Um, but if you have any ideas, which I really hope you do, or Thomas does, please let me know and please make a podcast about it because nobody's doing returns on any type of anything these days. And now I'm just staring at this <laughs> gold bottle of tequila, trying not to vomit. Thank you. I love your show. My husband and I listen to you all the time. I hope you have the best day ever. Bye. Hi, Susie. Oh my gosh. 
I feel you. <laughs> I don't love gold tequila either. And honestly, I don't even want to tell you to re-gift it to someone because that's not fair. So I have never written this recipe down, but I do have a tequila lime chicken recipe back from the culinary school days that I loved. And it's literally basically just a margarita. So it's gold tequila, lime juice, orange juice. You could put some cumin, some chili powder, some garlic and jalapeno in there, mix it all together. And you can use that to marinate chicken, chicken breast, chicken thighs, all the things you could do steak in it. And then grill it. And it's just going to give it this little extra pop of flavor, like a little margarita-y without having to drink gold tequila. And I'm sorry if anyone loves gold tequila. I support you. (laughs) I am not frowning on it. It's just not for me. So I would do that. It would also be a really great marinade. Like you could throw shrimp in it for a hot second and then grill the shrimp. That would be delicious. So that's what I would do. You could like even make that marinade and then bottle it up and gift it to people with a little recipe on it. Like here, stick your chicken in this and then grill it and serve it with an avocado salsa. That would be very cute and way to turn a bad situation into a good one. (laughs) Okay, that's it for questions. Let's talk about a super cool company in all senses of the world. So I don't know if you guys have heard of Homeboy Bakery before, Homeboy Industries. It's an incredible organization based here in LA. If you haven't read the story, you should, I'm not even gonna, you just need to go read the story. The man who started it is an actual angel. Everyone needs to read it. It's a great thing to read, especially during quarantine. Anyways, basically what they do is they take former gang members who have come out of whatever programs they've been in and teach them how to do something, remove tattoos, bake bread, make cookies. And they have the Homeboy Bakery, which is incredible. Someone sent me cookies from them last week and I was like, holy crap, these are phenomenal. So homeboyfoods.com, if you have someone's birthday coming up, a gift if someone got married in quarantine and like couldn't have an actual wedding or ceremony or anything like that. Check them out. They have cookies. They have cakes. They have gift packages. I was obsessed with their chewy chocolate chip cookies. I think there's pudding in them, which would make them so amazing. But it's an incredible organization. Read their story. You'll be very, I think, inspired by them. And who doesn't want to receive some cookies or some chocolate covered coconut macarons or walnut cookies or an assorted cookie tin? You name it. They're amazing. And I think it'll brighten someone's day. Okay, that's it. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. (laughs) If you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys very soon. Mm-hmm.